My name is Aaron. And I'm Micah, and you're listening to the WP Square One podcast. With us today, we have Christy Chirinos. She is a co-founder of Caldera WP and the VP of tech at Do Big Things and is Florida State's youngest MBA. And <laughs> I'll let you uh, give yourself a further introduction there, but we're glad to have you. I see you just read my Twitter bio. I did. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a, that's a solid way to find out who this person is. I do that all the time. Look people up on Twitter. Who is this person? Yeah. Because I on LinkedIn, actually, it tells them. You yeah. Know? yeah, we've been stalking you for a couple of weeks. Now, so. <laughs> oh, God. All we, all we found was your Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Well, tell us, tell us a little about yourself, um, what you do at uh, Caldera. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, so like Micah said, I'm one of the co-founders um, of Caldera uh, Labs. We're changing back to WP name, funny enough. That's a thing that's happening. But in 2016, Josh Pollock and I got together to start Caldera Labs. And the um, the intention behind Caldera Labs was um, to take an existing concern, which was Caldera Forms, and also set an intention that we were going to be a product-only WordPress company. Uh, who would work on Caldera Forms as well as other products. And so that's that's how that started. And the way that I joined Josh, uh, Josh is a pretty popular developer in the WordPress world. Uh, he has a good following for, I think, his tutorials. And so the thing that Josh came to me with was, I need somebody to run the business. And that was actually something, I think, a little bit unusual at the time. I think I've seen it happening more and more and more and more in the last few months than I did, what's that now, two years ago? And that's good. And that was his pitch to me, right? Somebody to come in to take care of the administration, take care of the money, take care of the marketing, think about a sales strategy, think about a positioning strategy. And around this time, I was just wrapping up business school so it seemed right. And that's kind of how we got started. That makes sense. So what do you do within uh, Caldera? Or actually, tell us a little about the product, because I don't know if everybody will know everything you know about the plugins that you guys do. Of course, of course. So our main and flagship product is Caldera Forms. Caldera Forms is a drag and drop form building plugin for WordPress. So a lot of people are familiar with things like Contact Form 7 or Gravity Forms. It's a lot like that. Our main differences are that, uh, first of all, we have a drag and drop mobile responsive interface out of the box. The plugin is written in a way where it gives you less heartache uh, in adopting your existing theme styles. It's a little bit easier to style if you do need to add styles because of the way that it's made. And we have a handful of premium features that are a little bit unique. Um, the pro version of Caldera Forms, in addition to having all of the integrations and things that you're used to, uh, such as MailChimp, PayPal, whatever, it also takes care of email handling for you. So a lot of the time WordPress websites have to install things like SMTP plugins uh, to make sure that the forms and the email notifications go out. Uh, with Caldera Forms Pro, that's not the case. And a couple of other things, we can do form to PDF, set up fancy layouts, notifications for clients and customers and whoever else needs to hear about a form submission. A lot of the time, 
people come to Caldera Forms because um, now we're sitting at the close top um, of the plugin repository. And so our free version of the plugin gives you a lot out of the box. You don't have to pay us any money for conditional logic, for multiple pages, for um, a couple of other features like that. And uh, that's the main thing that we work on nowadays. So that's Caldera Forms. Um, and yeah, we are working on a couple of other things that we've got some tricks up our sleeve that you'll know about in about a month. Oh, nice. So you can't tell us anything about them? It's a secret. I'd have to kill you. <laughs> you have to kill me whether or not um, you tell me? Uh, a month from now, you'll be safe. But right now... <laughs> I think a month from now, I might be out of the country. Will I be? I will be. So, oh, where are you going? Um, uh, we're going to India, so that'll be oh, kind of a interesting trip. So you, if you're going to kill me, you'll have to fly to India first. So, but that's, gotcha. that's all right. So that's cool. So how does, um, I know Josh more than you. I've, I've run into Josh, uh, Pollock at, I feel like eight <laughs> work camps might be more. Um, so how, how do you guys, uh, work together? Like how technical are you? Are you involved in any of the development or planning? Well, so we're a small team, right? So if I, it, it would be impossible for anyone on this team to not have any hand at all in the development. Um, with that said, I'm definitely not as technical as Josh. A lot of my development has to do with the e-commerce website more than the products. Um, so when it comes to the products, I will help out in terms of managing priorities and managing milestones, but that's about it on a day-to-day -day basis. And I am primarily responsible for our websites. Cool. So when you first came into Caldera, were you, what was your familiarity with WordPress in general? Yeah, I have been working with WordPress for a little while. I had started a company that had a WordPress website. That's how a lot of people get into WordPress. And after that, I was working at um, a couple of nonprofit organizations in New York City where I was living where the organization had a WordPress website, right? So it sort of fell on me to manage it and then eventually redesign it. So I think that I was at a very solid user level when I made this transition outside of this WordPress for good space and just went all in on WordPress for WordPress. And yeah, just a few months ago, I kind of returned to my WordPress for good space in an opportunity that I just couldn't pass up, which was this role on the technology team of uh, Do Big Things. Cool. So what types of big things do you do? <laughs> um, with Do Big Things, Do Big Things is an agency that focuses on progressive political and uh, nonprofit clients. It's a cool organization sort of applying this technology that we all know and love to causes that are important to me. So I'm really excited about it. And that has been um, interesting to settle into, yeah. Given that you had some experience and background in WordPress, uh, how long or how quickly did you, or had you already been in the WordPress community and getting involved and that kind of thing? So I had experience with WordPress a good amount before I came in. It, I found now that it's really tough to bring on new team members who have zero WordPress experience, entirely possible. But it's even tougher to bring in people who are involved in the community. I was not involved in the community at all. I was using WordPress at work. I used it in my full-time job. I had all this familiarity with it. I had built WordPress websites for people who asked for them. 
And I had never gone to a WordCamp um, until I started working with Josh and he said to go to one. So that was a really big experience for me. And even then, I went to a couple of them where I kind of just like stood in the corner. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Until I think it was the first WordCamp US that I went to and actually got really involved and um, worked on Contributor Day and actually sort of like drank the Kool-Aid, you know? It's good Kool-Aid. So it's great cool. It's of delicious. It. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no no you can never leave. But uh so yeah, you've done a lot of speaking too. So you not just get involved in the community, you jumped into speaking even and I forget what it's called. Is it press for word in Israel? Yeah. How'd you get that? Because I want to get that gig. <laughs> so that was crazy cool and fun. How did I get that? Uh, Vova Feldman from Freemius. Uh, so Freemius is a platform for people looking to monetize WordPress products. Um, so if you're trying to increase your revenue, things like that, you can sign up for pre- Freemius and they are sort of committed to helping their ecosystem grow. Um, it's, it's structured into their pricing model, right? They charge you a percentage of revenue. So their success is your success. They're an interesting company and they're an Israeli company that I had met him while he still lived in New York City. Back in 2015, he lived in New York and then he moved back to Tel Aviv. And so the organizer of Press for Word is a owner of an agency in Israel and he was looking for more speakers. So he reached out and it just so happened that it was right before WordCamp Europe And I had gotten in to speak at WordCamp Europe and I had gotten the opportunity to get some funding to support my trip through the Yoast Diversity Fund, which is a really cool initiative from the Yoast SEO plugin to get speakers from underrepresented communities and technology companies to go speak places. So I was already kind of going to be over there, sort of, not really. Um, Definitely closer than I was in New York, right? And so it worked out and I ended up going over to Israel to speak at Press Reward and then took a week off there and then hopped on over to Serbia to speak at WordCamp Europe and then hopped back on over to New York City. It was incredible. So that was a lot of Kool-Aid. It was a lot of (laughs) Kool-Aid. Nice. Man, I haven't spoken internationally yet. That's pretty cool. So I'm assuming that you are continuing to speak, you know, different places. How are you trying to uh, find work camps to speak at? I think right now, uh, if there's a local one or nearby one, I'll apply. Every once in a while, an organizer um, and a member of the community, you know, they'll reach out because the work camps need speakers. And, you know, if it's possible for us to go and pay for it um, on behalf of Caldera, I will try to go. Yeah, I think that's that's how that's going right now. I mean, beginning to speak at WordCamps was something that was pretty intimidating. It was something that Josh suggested, right, when we started working together, again, on that premise of um, there's just not a lot of people giving business talks. 
right? And there would probably be a good amount of attendance and interest in hearing a pure business talk, even if it's not completely about WordPress, to just go in and talk about building sites and a business perspective and a user perspective. And I said, okay, I buy that sort of, right? Um, And so I started applying at just my local camp, which was New York at the time. And yeah, I got in to speak and then just applied other places. I'm definitely the rare breed where public speaking isn't that scary to me, but that's not necessarily the case for a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say for for me, it took me a little while. And I remember Micah and I, we went to, I think it was Tampa and I have a Fitbit on and my, you know, it tracks your heart heart rate and oh. my heart rate would get up to uh, I think it was at 128 or oh so uh, when I was <laughs> which is like that's a pretty good workout you know <laughs> and I get up there and what's really funny is once I start talking um, it drops to slightly above my resting so it's in the like 70s or so when I actually do a talk once I once I'm in there it's like the buildup is a little a little intense for me, but that's good to hear that you are comfortable doing that. So business stuff, I was, I was watching one of your talks on wordpress.tv. Do you talk about uh, processes and stuff like that? Cause that's kind of something, honestly, I think Micah's really good at and tends to ask questions about that. What do you mean processes? Processes like when you do a talk at a WordCamp, what, you know, what type of advice are you giving people? Does that make sense? Sure. The WordCamp talks that I've given, um, I've given a good number on just form design based on the things that we learn more from our users and from the perspective of somebody who sells a form product and thinking about how products solve problems in the market. But then there's other business-related talks that haven't necessarily been about WordPress and just been about business. The one that I gave at uh, WordCamp Europe was about financial forecasting. And that seemed to be a topic that's of interest to a lot of people because we are not seeing that level of planning, especially in smaller products. And a little bit of planning can go a long way in that sort of thing. Uh, So that's a talk that I gave then. And um, there have been other talks where I took a cue from a couple of talks that I've seen from other WordPress or WordCamp speakers who have a expertise that isn't WordPress development. And so they go in and they say, you know, here's five things that I think are really important that you should know about. And I gave a talk like that where I just get up there and talked about concepts in terms of strategic management as a field of study that are good to know. For example, what's competitive advantage? What is external analysis? What is the difference between an order qualifier and an order winner? And all of these things are strategic points that make sure that all products, including WordPress products, are positioned in the market in a good way. And those have been really fun topics to give that I usually get feedback that, hey, you know, we don't hear this kind of material at WordCamps pretty often. So that's been pretty cool. But again, that's changing. I think more and more I'm seeing more people enter the community with those skills, which is really good. Cool. So you you kind of entered um, Caldera, I guess, at a time where, like you said, Josh was trying to convert from a more of an agency model to product based 
Yes. So what was that uh, transition like in terms of, you know, how you were able to help make that transition? Because I know there's a lot of people who are in that space. They want to, they run an agency and they want to get some products or some sort of recurring revenue going. Uh, so what are some of those types of things that, uh, you know, help go that people turn that direction? So, yeah, there's there's a good number of people who are trying to do that sort of thing. I think there's a couple of things in there that are important. Um, one of them is the essentials of product research. Good reading for people to read up on are even things like, and, you know, this is basic stuff unless it isn't right and um, reading up about what's a minimum viable product how can I test out my ideas those are really important concepts to familiarize yourself with if you're somebody who is transitioning from client work to to wanting to create some recurring revenue with products um, is really being able to adjust your brain to identify that point of what's the least amount of work that I can put in to test out an idea and see if this is something that's worth working on and start creating that recurring revenue immediately. That's key when it comes to undergoing that transition is figuring out like you have this huge idea, but what's the teeniest, tiniest P that you can do um, today? And that's, that's a mindset that takes some adjustment. Um, another thing that I think is important is maybe looking for what your existing strengths are. So what have you built that could be built upon? Uh, what current clients do you have who would be interested in paying you for your development time for a product? And how can you make those things overlap? That's really important. Yeah, does that help? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that I've found helpful in just thinking about moving from service-based to product-based is that most people don't make the jump overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's kind of some in-between steps like productized services and things like that that I know I've heard other people talk about and that kind of thing. So it's always interesting to get people's perspectives on what that process looks like. I think there's a lot of people that want to go that route, but really it just comes down to action. Uh, and, but before action, like you said, is that mindset of, you know, you got to put yourself in that different mindset. I, I got my degree in business, but it was definitely not an entrepreneurial type business degree. <laughs> so one of the things I found as I started doing things from a business perspective is that a lot of the strategies and things don't, don't necessarily apply all the time. Uh, and I think one of the things that was most eye-opening for me in that regard was going to like a startup weekend where of course the whole idea is you've got a weekend to create a minimum viable product. Oh yeah. The MVP stuff is like their Bible. Do customer discovery. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of thing. So, so yeah, just the idea, you know, that, uh, it's not a, if you build it, they will come situation. <laughs> yeah. That's like that lean startup stuff. It's really good foundation for anybody who's interested in 
going from that oh we have clients and we're trying to start some recurring revenue just because just it's the biggest downfall in so many situations to get stuck in a mindset where you're just like oh I have to build this whole thing and then I'll sell it like no you have to you have to be lazy you have to put in the least amount of work possible that's how you bootstrap something right unless you're wanting to invest your own self-generated revenue into products which i wouldn't do that with anything yeah with with what we're doing so i own an agency co-own an agency and we've had multiple clients come to us and say we need this and once we've done it five or six times we've decided to make that a plugin and we're um, we just put our plugin on the repository and we're going to do kind of the sell modules for it you know so i would assume i mean similar to a lot of them out there you get a lot of functionality out of the box and then if you need some some custom not necessarily some custom but just some more uh some more features you know we'll sell that for x amount and we're in the process of figuring out what that dollar amount is. We have some modules written and stuff like that. So with Caldera, it's the same type of thing. And how do you guys wind up adding modules? Do you guys have requests from people? And that's how you start realizing that you need to sell that module. Does that make sense? We do tally requests. That's something that we do, but that's not the guiding principle behind how we create add-ons or add new features. The guiding principle behind how we create add-ons or add new features is the underlying user research about how people are using the product, what problems they're trying to solve, what they pay for, what they're not willing to pay for, and making sure that we're prioritizing feature development based on that research. Part of that research is what people ask us for, but it's not all of it. So how do you guys start doing that? You get a certain percentage of your clients and you just reach out to them and say, hey, how can we make this product better for you guys? So when I started working with Josh, that was the first question I had, right? I want to understand why people pay for this. I especially want to understand why people pay for this when they could be paying for gravity forms, right? And the the first thing that we did to try and answer that question was actually send out a survey. Uh, There was a mailing list already on calderaforms.com that was, or excuse me, there was a mailing list sign up on the website that had been collecting emails and weren't really using it. So that was actually the first communication that went out and we incentivized it. We got out and we tried to get as much information as possible about why people were using this product and what problem it was solving for them. And I remember when we first talked, Josh was saying, well, you know, people um, pay for it because they want to support the development of the free plugin because it's helpful to them. And, um, you know, sometimes they pay for add-ons. And when we talked to people, that just wasn't the case. Like nobody was sitting there like, I'm going to give them money because they're doing a great job. Most of the time people were paying because they had a client project and the client needed this, this and that. And they had started using the plugin for something else and they were doing research um, on what products would solve the premium problem they had. They found it, they bought it. And seeing that difference and acting on it was really important to us. 
and then continuing to foster that channel of communication about how people were using what they're using is really important. So right now, we do it in a couple of different ways. We have a community group on Facebook where people collaborate um, on project that they're using Caldera Forms free on and we creep it every once in a while to just see what types of problems people are solving and where they're struggling. We do of course have a public GitHub repo and people talk and open issues and complain about stuff in there all the time and we look at that really seriously and use that for prioritization and milestone management and Another big part, too, is we just make sure that the entire customer relationship is a two-way street. So in support, we are talking to people in a conversational way. We're not just trying to get them in and out the door. We're actually trying to dig up what the problem is and how many dollars is this problem costing them. We're doing the same thing in pre-sales support. So if you have a sales question and you're asking that question, what types of problems are going on and taking a really holistic view as to what the problems that the plugin is solving are so that we can then prioritize. Well, so many people have been complaining about this. Is this frequency bias at work where we're just seeing it over and over and over, but it's not actually that important? Or are we seeing it over and over and over and it is important? How do we work within that matrix of urgent and important to determine what needs to get worked done and what needs to get developed? Another way that we're helping people get the things they need while also maybe touching to this group of, like you said, agency owners who are looking to create some recurring revenue is we're working on a third-party developer program. So that's been interesting because we have an audience and we have items that, sure, you know, they would be worth a lot to a certain selection of people that maybe we don't have as much of an audience with or we don't have as much reach to so on and so forth. And so we can provide this effect that's really smart when you're somebody building out products of any kind, which is you tie yourself to an existing platform, right? So Caldera Forms itself is taking on that strategy. It's tied to WordPress. And now we're hoping to cultivate this ecosystem where we're giving the opportunity to tie yourself to Caldera Forms because we have an existing user base and you know, you can make pretty solid money if you can sell a plugin to 1% of our 100,000 plus users. And uh, yeah, those are those are some of the ways in which we're building out new features and um, trying to trying to manage all the requests and all the needs and um, all the things that come in in a way that makes sense for everybody. But that's a very important part of management, right? Is that if you're just responding to every single thing that looks like it's on fire, you're just putting out fires all the time. And that's not how you grow. Sounds very strategic. So makes makes sense to me. So and I didn't realize uh, while you're uh, talking, I went to the website, I didn't realize you guys had as many modules. I know a couple of years ago, I think is when the first time I dealt with uh, Caldera and you guys have uh, added, what do you have, 30 modules? Looks looks yes. like about 30. Yeah. So nice. And so you guys, just to rephrase, make sure I understand, you guys are making it where if I were a third-party developer, let's say I wrote something for Caldera, I could, um, I'm going to be able to go to you guys and say, hey, I wrote this. Can I sell it on 
via your uh, ecosystem? Correct. So if you are somebody like an agency owner or you're somebody who's looking to get into WordPress product development and you want to tie yourself to an existing platform, we're that kind of big enough where it's worth your time given the free user base that we have but still small enough where it's really worth my time to promote you really hard if you made a Caldera Forms product. Because you can make WooCommerce add-ons, you can make add-ons for those sorts of things, but there's so many, right? So figuring out that medium-size relationship to establish uh, seemed like a good priority. And that's what we're working on now. So if you're somebody who, say... Some, a, a request that we get a lot um, for Caldera Forms integration that we don't have is MailPoet. And so now we are setting up a system by which if you're an agency owner and you want to build up some recurring revenue, if you build MailPoet for Caldera Forms, then you can go through this page on our site and we can list you on our site and write a blog post about you, send out a notification to our email list with 30,000 people on it, so on and so forth. And so it's kind of like a win-win for um, people looking to get involved and create that recurring revenue. But also it's a huge win for us because we're still at that point where we we have developed more modules and add-ons and features um, in the last two years, but we still don't have a ton And there's still a lot that people ask for that, again, ends up not ranking that high in that prioritization matrix that we work off of. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, one of the issues that you run into is you, the more modules you write yourself, then as a small development team, the more you have to maintain. (laughs) Right. Well, that's, that's an important part of product planning, right? If you are not an existing machine and you're just a a developer who wants to create products you have to keep in mind that products have two things they have investment costs and ongoing costs and starting to think about it in that sense is really important we tend to muddy those ideas because we think like oh they're products and it's also intangible but if you were selling like jewelry you would think about how much money do I have to pay for my tools, for the pliers, for the things that burn things, for the polishers, which is all the stuff that I need to get started. And then how much do I have to pay for the gemstones, the metals, and the ongoing things that then go into the product which I sell? Doing something like a WordPress product is the same way. And those costs that cut into your margins are things like the support for it the ongoing marketing the ongoing content creation and those things should be incorporated into your pricing and how much time you think this is going to take yep Uh, it all adds up very quickly (laughs) so you alluded to the uh, eisenhower matrix Mm -hmm. previously and as a productivity geek i'm always interested to hear what types of productivity tools uh, people are using, particularly people like yourself who do many things well. So uh, (laughs) any productivity tips or routines or things that you find helpful in your everyday? I'm totally a productivity geek too. It's... It's like so bad, you know, that that's my, that's my procrastination. Like if I don't want to work on something, I like learn more about productivity hacks and it's just kind of stupid, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like my number one productivity hack is don't do that. Um, 
<laughs> and, and instead get your work done. But yeah, no, I'm I also love productivity tools. Um the the new thing that I'm geeking out about is time boxing. Um so I started doing this a few weeks ago and it's this idea of actually planning out on a calendar all your tasks. Um so I used to have and I still am a big fan of long and vast and idealistic to-do lists and I think those are still important, you know. Um especially for somebody like me i'm like an idea a minute kind of person and sometimes those ideas are good um sometimes they're not but i just need to get them out of my brain um but trying to work off of something that you know realistically is like five years of work that you're telling yourself you're gonna do in two months um is not very productive and so i started doing time boxing and so what that is is when you need to complete a task you actually pull out your calendar and you schedule time for it just like it was a meeting and that's been going really well. An important thing that I considered when I went into it was that it was a skill like anything else. So when I started doing it, it was like I wrote my time boxes into my calendar and then I didn't meet any of my goals. It was a total disaster. And I told myself, I'm learning how to manage my time. Right now, I don't have a good sense of how long things really take me. And if I take notes and learn from what went wrong each day, then it's going to get better and better and better. And that turned out to be true. So now I have this calendar that's pretty gnarly, but it boxes off my time and how long I want to take to accomplish the things that I need to do. And I have been really loving that. I definitely recommend looking at time boxes. Um, Eisenhower Matrix is cool too. Um, I think that that's a really incredible strategy for the person who starts to feel like your work is on top of you. Because if you feel like you're putting out fires all the time, it might be worthwhile to check out, you know, like what's actually important to me and what are people just screaming at me about? Um, that's that's definitely an important sense to develop as well. Yeah, I've I recall... The first time I tried to put things on my calendar, um, I, everything ended up on my calendar. And then I think, like you said, nothing got done because I was too busy to focus on <laughs> those idealistic goals I'd put on my calendar. <laughs> um, so, but I, I think I actually just gave up on it as opposed to trying again, like you did. So I may have to look back into that, but, uh, cool. Well, uh, so I guess we'll, we'll ask our final question here. So if you had to start back at square one, and start all over, given where you are today, what would you do differently? Oh, man, I know this one. Oh, this is why the podcast is called WP Square hey. One. <laughs> I've got a good one. I've been thinking about this one a lot. I would learn to delegate. Something that Josh and I are grappling with now is that our business is undergoing a huge transition where we need to teach other people how to do the things that we've been doing for the past year and it mm -hmm. sucks <laughs> and it sucks because him and i between the two of us we've got like a pretty good skill set coverage right um he's an excellent developer we've got the business skills we've got like the content creation and marketing between the two of us so we grew a lot of this by just like oh that needs to get done let's do it right who's gonna do that josh or christy josh or christy and that's not 
a sustainable way to grow a business because eventually there's just too much work and you are only so many people, right? And I've talked to people who figured that out pretty early on because they were a solopreneur or they didn't know how to do something. So they had to figure out how to kind of grow a team quickly. And that was not the case for us. We didn't realize that we had to delegate until it was way too late. And now we are scrambling to create documentation, to document the processes and the ways in which we do things and all the different things that we do that come up throughout the month, throughout the quarter, throughout the year, to make sure that all of these tasks can be passed on to different team members and let our job be the task of figuring out how much these things cost and and what we can skim off the top and reinvest and actually really think like business owners that are growing a growing and scalable product. And that's important um, because if you want to do more than just grow this product and you actually want to enjoy the benefits of having grown a product, you have to have created that machine that goes on without you, right? Like a lot of reading that we've been doing has been reading on like the bus factor. That's huge. And especially for people who are just starting out, I'm encouraging everybody to think about every step along the way as how quickly can I stop doing this, right? So nice. here's here's like my advice for people. It's like be as lazy as possible, right? <laughs> because, because that's how you grow something that can grow without you losing your mind is you figure out what's the smallest thing you have to do to prove that there's market demand for this, to prove that this is worth your investment. And then how quickly can you document, systematize, and give to somebody else a part that you're doing so that then you can allocate that time to the next thing that reaches the next growth milestone. And that's been a big lesson um, for us who didn't delegate for a long time as we focused on growth and now we're playing catch up. That makes perfect sense to me. So I've learned how to delegate. And uh, actually, my wife kind of laughs at me because that's all I do now is delegate. (laughs) So but it but uh, I mean, as as a growing a business, you you do have to you have to let go of things and kind of I'm a sometimes a control freak. And so it's hard to to let go, but it is the best way to grow, grow your business. So, well, thank you for your time. How can we get uh, in touch with you via Twitter, whichever? Tell us. I am pretty available to chat. I'm on Twitter as at CC Chorinos, C-I-C-I-C-H-I-R-I-N-O-S. I can be found on there. And of course, if you just message us in the help thing on calderaforms.com and you're like, I want to talk to Christy. I heard an WP score one. Uh, that will eventually make it down the road to me. And I also am on my own site at So. Well, thank you for your time. No, thank you.